This is Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music, one beer at a time. And it's Christmas! So Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And happy belated Hanukkah. I think it's happening at the same time, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, but yes, yeah, so thank you for this special Christmas episode of Bach to Bach. I am one half of the Oats Brothers. I am Kevin. And I am Matty Oates. That is true. He is Matty to my left. We've got one more episode left before the, as you were saying earlier, before the decade is over. Before the decade is over, we will have one on the great and... Wonderful New Year's Eve. <laughs> anyway, okay. but um, yeah, this is—I well, don't know about you, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be 2020. It's just a cleaner number. That's all I care. I want really clean, organized numbers. You do. So Kevin has a weird thing. Can we just talk about this for it's a second? Called OCD. No. So if if Kev's in the car and let's say the volume is turned to 11, 11. It has to either be turned down to 10 or up to 15. It's yep. got to be a multiple of five. Zeros this and fives very only. important. So he'll adjust the volume on his phone. And then if it, to get it to the same thing, but just the, the car has got to be on the, the multiple of five. So that's my holiday gift to you guys. Useless knowledge about my life. Hey, that's the, that's, those are the little gems that count, I think. But our other Christmas present to you guys this episode is one of the greatest staples that everybody, everywhere... In the past 277 years, did, have heard of. Do you just do that? I know. I did the math in my head. Yes. Good on. Uh, that would be Handel's Messiah and especially the final movement of the entire work, the Alleluia Chorus. Oh, which is, which if you, I, I feel like almost everyone's heard it already, but if you haven't, it's. You will in about two minutes. Whether you are religious or not, it is not like it's, it's immaterial in this. Whether you, you are a Christian. Uh, or a Muslim, or or any faith under the sun, or no faith at all. Like this is a piece of music that resonates with the soul at a much, just at, at, at the deepest level, and it just, it just leaves the hairs on the back of your neck tingling. It's incredible. And we actually have to make a uh, an edit to something we said last week, which will kick off this conversation. Wait, what did we say wrong? Um, your explanation of the King James King James standing up. Oh, um, yeah. It's not true, is it? It's not true. You look this um, up. Yes. So, sorry, not King James. King George. King George. I was going to say LeBron. The second. LeBron was... Yes. <laughs> a few years after that. Um, <laughs> so, before we get to the background of Audley, of course, we mentioned that in in basically from what we know to date, that is when the Alleluia Chorus is performed, whether it's by itself or in the entire Messiah, everyone in the audience stands up. And we said... That that has been because King George stood up during the performance, and so everybody else did. Because when a king stands, or a president, or any kind of supreme leader at all, you you stand, including Supreme Leader Snoke from Star Wars. Yeah, we so we did just come straight off of seeing Star Wars: Rise uh, of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Which We're was, in that mode. We'll get to there eventually. Yeah, but uh, here's an article from WQXR, um, and talking about the background where it's actually just a theory. So there's a few reasons around why they think George stood. First reason was that he was moved by the music, wanted to stand up in in appreciation of, of the performance. Right, right. Uh, another reason is that it is a two-hour work, and he wanted to stand at the end and stretch his legs. 
Um, another reason that was more scientific was because he might have had gout, so he needed to stand up and walk around. So the rich man's illness. Um, there are. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, it is, it's known as the rich man's. Um, and I love this quote. It says uh, from this article from WQXR. It says. Uh, maybe it's not romantic, but it does make sense. After two hours of music, the king just really wanted to stretch his legs. So I mean, we yeah. don't we don't know the background behind the true reason because you know. Uh, and the quote from the article: Snopes wasn't around back then. Um, <laughs> now you you we both play. I remember playing this. I think first when the whole thing when I was sixteen, maybe seventeen. Yep. You you've done the same, right? Yep. I've, and I've performed this multiple times. And this was written in seventeen forty one and performed for the first time in seventeen forty two. And originally, this was not a humongous chorus, humongous orchestra. It was, it was very 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 small performance. Twenty vocalists. Um, small orchestra. Yeah, I think the first um, time I performed it was with a chamber, like a small yep. 14-person chamber orchestra. That yeah. is more traditional and original, uh, true to how Handel wrote it. Um, but as time went on, it became a bigger, bigger production. And it's uh, we've talked about the word oratorio in the past. It's basically storytelling through opera. and uh, But this is not really storytelling. It's just more of a piece dedicated to praising the life of Jesus Christ. and And so... This is more of just kind of a it's it's not meant to be a full there's all these characters and and storylines. It's more of just like here's the life of Jesus and in music form. Now who else would have who the other composers have done messiahs, right? Who else would might they be familiar with? No. So you're thinking of uh Mozart had uh the Messiahs, which was the Messiah as well, but it actually was he was asked to do an adaptation of Handel's Messiah and reorchestrate it and make it a bigger production piece. Uh, and he okay, actually changed okay. the, the instrumentation. It was originally written for, again, like I mentioned, a very small chamber orchestra. And this was adapted for full orchestra, added bassoons, added uh, more one, strings. And uh, brass as well, or was this too early for brass? Nope, there, nope, at the time there was. But at the, the big thing was uh, one of the biggest things, I think it was like 1903, it was orchestrated for 200 person chorus, 87 strings, uh, and a, a, a humongous wind and brass percussion section. Anyway, but this was really, this was again, 1742, it was premiered and it got good accolades when it was, uh, when it was first pre- premiered and this was premiered actually in Dublin, not, ah. and what was funny, this is kind of one of his first dives into writing in English. He, for the longest time, was composing only Italian libretto, Italian text yep, yep. for all his operas and, and oratorios. But this is at, in the 1730s is when he really kind of started to dive into writing more and more English. And then with the Messiah, he just went all out. Well, as we, um, be, while we're just quickly referenced Dublin, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, the old Fezziwig Ale, which we're enjoying at the moment. Well, yes. I'm enjoying at the moment. Yes, you are. But we're going to talk about that a bit later. But uh if you're unfamiliar with Old Fezziwig, that is that is Sam Adams Brewery, and yes, we we're going with a macro beer here, but that is one of the greatest holiday beers that they produce. So we're gonna dive into the lovely holiday reminiscing that that brings on a bit later on. So Maddie and I will be standing during the duration of this whole movement. We will from the Messiah, but you don't have to. Instead, sit back, relax, and enjoy holiday chorus from Handel's Messiah, and happy holidays. <laughs> Oh uh-huh. 
That still makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. It's, I don't think it could ever be performed any other time of year mm-hmm. and have it have a real, the same meeting as it does no. during Christmas time. No, it's stunning. Stunning. You know what else is stunning? This, this, I uh, was going to say my looks, but go ahead, that Matt. That too, but in the Christmas spirit, okay, old fuzzy wig. If you don't know it, it's this. It's old fuzzy wig? Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. Because when in the same topic of what beer could you possibly have other than this around Christmas time, this is this is it. Now, okay, so Old Fezziwig is a classic seasonal from Sam Adams. We've 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 I think we've talked about some of their We have. We have uh, talked about Sam I don't their, know what I think they're hazy IPA. Sure. But generally we've steered a clear of the, the larger breweries like that. But this one is is so hard to find. If you do see it at a party, you're probably the first one at the party. It's it's up until this year. So here's the mystery. We're going to come up with the mystery. Apparently, it has now exited the variety pack because up until now, you've only it began being brewed in 2004, and up until now, you've only been able to get it in the winter variety pack along with winter lager and others. But this apparently 2019, there was a, an announcement in November that they're going to be brewing it in 16 ounce cans. Ooh, so here's okay. now we have not seen this and I can't find anything else on it. So this we, we got ours in the variety pack. So it's just all rumor mill at this point that like it's because it, it doesn't exist technically yet. Inle- unless it's, it's not being stocked up here where we are. But if 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 you're listening and you have seen old Fezziwig in cans, 16 ounce cans, let us know. We'll we'll come to you. We'll come to you. No, you can come to us. So the reason Kev said Fozzywig, Fezziwig, you, you, I think we've made it abundantly clear at this point that we're big Muppets fans, right? If it's not clear, it is clear now. Yeah, yeah. So the Muppets Christmas Carol obviously is falls into that canon. And can you imagine when they were... If, first of all, if you haven't seen it, go watch it today. There's no better day to watch it. Okay, question, yes. trivia. Yes. What year do you think it came out? Oh, we did this the other day, 96. No, you are wrong. We did this the other day. You are right about that. 1992. Was it that early? It was that early. That was another... Yeah, oh, yeah. Bill Clinton was elected that year. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's the only thing that happened that, that year. Those two <laughs> events. But it is, it is... I think we can say without a doubt, and I think most of you can and should agree, that it is the greatest um, Christmas film of all time. It's certainly... My, no, Die Hard's the greatest Christmas film oh, of all time. Okay. Michael Caine's best performance, hands down, is, is in that film. Um, but you always imagine in these when they're when they're doing a, a, a mimicry or a parody of a, of a classic story, you have to line up certain Muppet characters with with the, the characters in the book. Right. Fozzie must have been the first one. In case you haven't seen it, old Fezziwig from the Dickensian novel from from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens is played by by none other than Fozzie because they are two identical characters. So Fezziwig, let's just talk about that for a sec, where this the history of this comes from. The the bottle design up till now is this very kind of beautiful Courier and Ives feel uh, a bottle design. This is a, a, a wonderful holiday um, ale, and it's 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 like a beer equivalent of mulled wine. Uh, okay, it's brew it's uh, brewed with with cinnamon and orange peel, um, and it just it, it tastes wonderful. Uh, and a side note: no one else drank my wine at the holiday work party. Just take it personally. It's re- I, well, I do. It's really good. Um, Keep going, though. Keep going. I no, it's a great recipe. You can you can talk about it later. So Fezziwig is the boss of Ebenezer Scrooge. He was a local uh, merchant who uh, young Ebenezer Scrooge was apprenticed to, 
and was a huge proponent of Christmas. The guy was just filled with ever ever flowing mirth and joy through big parties and just really reveled in the spirit. So he was one of the influences that when uh, Scrooge traveled back into the past, that memory helped kind of bring the spirit of Christmas back to him. So old Fezziwig is the the same thing here. We've got a we've got a, a beer that's filled with everything from notes of caramel and and uh, like the, the the malty roast, and then that that kind of holiday, uh, that you know the, the the sense of cinnamon and and orange just float right up, and it's just wonderful. But again, something outside like you would not drink this, even if it was available, you wouldn't drink it outside of of January. Really, it just wouldn't fit the bill. And if you do, something's wrong. Well, yeah. It, Cinnamon. Maybe you're that person that maybe it's not rum, but you love Christmas year round. Cinna- well, we we know those folks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> cinnamon and um, cinnamon in June just doesn't doesn't really work. That sounds like a like a romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> just like an awful dime store supermarket. Anyway, yeah. So this is old Fezziwig. If you can find it again, it it is it is out there. If uh, obviously you're not going to find any today because it's Christmas and everything's closed. But get out there tomorrow on Boxing Day, and we'll, we're going to be celebrating that day. We will. Uh, with music and, and, and drink. We sure will. But um, we have one more show of the year. Yeah. It was just going to be, will be New Year's Eve. Yeah, and we actually, Maddie and I actually planned out through, the, uh, through March of next year, but I actually don't think we planned our New Year's show. So we got we, so excited about 2020 and all that it may hold. So we will have a surprise because we don't even know what we're going to record next week. <laughs> well, so which which the mystery should make it all the more in, uh, enticing. So listen in as our our last Bach to Bach episode of the decade of the 2010s. Wow, that's weird. It is right, but bring on the Roaring Twenties. We're ready for them. Oh, it's 1920s again. Yeah. That's how time works. That's yeah, yeah. It comes back around again. Uh, but you, yeah, find the old Fezziwig Ale. It's in the winter packs, uh, the winter variety packs of Sam Adams. Uh, it's usually only two bottles in a pack. Yeah. So keep an eye out. And keep an eye out for those 16-ounce cans. We want to find Yeah, we want to find those. Are. Please let us know. And so it is that time of year. Um, thank you again for listening. We are grateful for all you listeners for Bach to Bach Nation. But more so, uh, make sure you are thankful for your friends and family and those you have in your life and enjoying your time with, with those that that you love and, and enjoy the company because nothing says, you know, good people, good times, like good beer, good, good music. music. Yeah. And luckily we have provided you with both for 63 episodes and you can replace <laughs> all that Mariah Carey and no, don't replace in sync all that Mariah Carey. All yeah. I want for Christmas with episodes of Bach to Bach on all of our platforms. Well said brother. Well, said. thank you. Including my space. I'm, I'm going to try to bring it back. So wishing uh, a Merry Christmas to, to all of you, all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. But stick around past the outro music. Because for, yeah, I'm going to go on a little rant about how people refer to the, the, the literary works of Dickens. Uh, yes, so it was Dickens, Dickens-ish we'll, we'll and just, Dickensian. Just, just have them listen. It's, I uh, don't know uh, what these words are, and yeah, it makes gonna, me really excited. I'm going to go off a little bit. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> happy Merry holidays. Christmas to everybody. And uh, this has been another episode of Bach to Bach. Cheers. Cheers. God bless us, everyone. Whatever. Be sure to follow Bach to Bach on Spotify to get notified of the latest episodes. And keep the conversation going on Instagram with us. And follow us on all social media platforms at Bach to Bach. That's B-A-C-H-T-O-B-O-C-K. Cheers and keep listening. Thank you.
Scary stuff. Hey, should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. So you want to hear by my my beef with the? You do, don't you? Okay, I do. Okay, <laughs> I have a really tough time reading online articles. You want to know why? English is hard. They're they're written probably by English majors or people who took an English class named Samantha. <laughs> and if there's anyone named Samantha listening, don't be offended. That's that. It's not geared at you, but. These people have the literary dexterity of a freaking rutabaga. They're just the I've seen the constant grammatical errors, and it is you know me. I am, I am, I am an absolute. You're a freaking nerd about this stuff. I am a stuff. complete nerd about this stuff. But when you refer to the era or any kind of general feeling emitted by a work that evokes the thought of works of Charles Dickens, whether it be Oliver Twist or The Christmas Carol. That feeling, that that mode is a is a that it's a Dickensian, it's it's a Dickensian thought or a Dickensian thing, because it's evoking that time period. It's not a Dickens hyphen ish. The 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 word the the ending ish is not a thing. We just use it to be like, oh, I'm going to meet you around five ish. Dickens ish is not a thing. It's Dickensian. So everyone, go down, look up Dickensian. If you're going to refer to anything related to the works of Charles Dickens. And how, and like an image that it evokes in your mind, it is a Dickensian image. So I just saw that in relation to the uh, to the original bottle art when I was researching this, and it kills me, man. It kills me. I can't do it. I didn't hear any of that because I'm busy Instagram storing your quote. These English painters have the literary dexterity of a rudiment. Oh my! It just it 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 breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. People, if you're still in school, study grammar. Oh my God, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Also, can we just talk about the use? Of, another another tangent. Here we go. Use this is how. Merry Christmas, everyone. Just gonna say it. Christmas Le- sucks now. Lead and let. Also, oh, oh. If you lose something, it is L O S E. Lose. It is not L O O S E. Someone was like. I'm going to lose L-O-O-S-E, my mind. I've seen that not just in, in tweets. I have seen that in actual like online editorials, and it kills me. Oh, lose, L-O-S-E, as in you people are making me lose my mind. Oh. So if anybody wanted Merry lower self-esteem Christmas, for Christmas, everyone. Matt got that for you. Oh, that actually feels really good to let that out. I'm going to have some more old Fezziwig. It's really tasty. There you go, guys. So on that note, all right. All right. Bye. I feel much better. Happy holidays. Yeah, whatever.